This fall, Walk with the King podcast is walking through a new three-part series focusing on three distinct parts of the Bible, Deuteronomy, Psalm 107, and Ephesians chapter 1. It's a fresh transition to a very special series we're planning for the month of November. Until then, stay tuned, and thank you for listening. All right, thank you very much. And hello again, dear radio friend. How in the world are you? Doing all right? Well, if you happen to have struck a day when things aren't going too well, look up and just say, Lord Jesus, see me through this. The key word is through. When thou passest through the waters, they shall not overflow thee. Yea, though I walk through the valley, I will fear no evil. God brings you through. Hallelujah. Look up, trust him, and believe God for his almighty power in your life this minute and throughout the hours that lie ahead. He will never fail you. Bless your heart. Well, this is your friend Dr. Cook, and I'm speaking with you from the little room at the end of the hall on the second floor of the big white house. Nice to be back with you. Look, will you, please, at Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed, says Paul, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in Christ according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. Blessed, said he, be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, this type of of, uh, benediction is addressed not to people, but to God. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Psalm 103 speaks about that. We read of of the prophets blessing the Lord. We read of various Old Testament saints blessing God. What do we mean by that? Well, it seems to be an expression of worship, adoration, and praise all wrapped up together. Take, for instance, the verse that I quoted from the Psalms. Let me turn to that as I turn the pages of my big a chain reference Bible here uh, that I use in these broadcasts. Psalm 103. Let me turn to that with you and just see what the meaning of bless the Lord really is. Shall we? Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. What uh, does he mean? First of all, it's a realization that God is holy, verse 1. Second, it's a realization that God is a God of giving and loving and providing. Forget not all his benefits, verse 2. Third, it's a realization that God is the God of forgiveness. When you make a list of your sins, this is a good thing to do. Charles G. Finney used to advise great revivalist of another century, the founder of Oberlin College. A great revivalist, Charles G. Finney, used to advise his young friends to make a list of their sins periodically and then bring them to the Lord and confess them and believe him for his forgiveness. I'll tell you, that's a therapeutic action that you will never forget once you do it. He forgiveth, it says. He's the, he's the forgiving God. When you bless the Lord, you realize that he's the God of forgiveness who healeth all thy diseases. He's the healing Lord. He's the God who made the body and who is able to heal it. 
He's the protecting Lord. Verse 4, he redeemeth thy life from destruction. How many times you would have been killed in an accident of some sort, or would have succumbed to some illness, had not God in his mercy and love protected you, redeemeth thy life from destruction. He's the God who piles blessing upon blessing, crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. He's the God who gives you good things, satisfieth thy mouth with good things. He's the God who gives you renewed energy. Thy youth is renewed like the eagles. Oh, what a listing of things that God does for us and the the reality of what he is to us. And so when you say, bless the Lord, you're actually wrapping up in one word package, the consciousness that God is holy, that God is a giving God, that God is a forgiving God, that God is a healing God, that God is a protecting God, that God piles blessing upon blessing, that God gives you good things, that God gives you renewed energy, and that God is the God of justice. He executeth righteousness and judgment. Oh, bless the Lord, O oh, my soul. What a wonderful God we have. Amen? Blessed be God, he said, and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Paul uses a compound con a sentence construction there. He calls the Almighty, he calls him the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's God, but he also is the one who so loved the world, John 3.16, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The significance of this expression, dear friend, is found in the realization that you and I never could know God, were it not for his gift to us of the Lord Jesus Christ. Our Savior said one day, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. No man knoweth the Father save the Son, and he to whom the Son will reveal him, he said in a, another place. The only way that you will get to know God is through the Lord Jesus Christ. And so when Paul wraps up all of these concepts in a word of benediction and says, Blessed be God. He also realizes that there's only one way that you and I would know anything about this God whom we are blessing, were it not for the Lord Jesus Christ. A young man of my acquaintance found a way to uh, be present at uh, a national political convention. As a matter of fact, it was the Republican National Convention. Now, this young man didn't have any particular contacts, but his ambition was somehow to achieve a relationship that would allow him to be up toward the front of the convention and perhaps even to be on the, on the platform in some capacity, somehow. He made friends with the son of one of the officials who was in charge. And the son of the official who was in charge introduced my young friend to his father, 
and as a result, <laughs> this enterprising young man was stationed at the corner of the platform in a very responsible position throughout all of the convention. What he couldn't accomplish on his own, he accomplished because he got acquainted with the son of the top official. Well, that happens every day. Had you ever stopped to think of the fact that what you and I sometimes say cynically, it's not what you know, but who you know, could very well apply, beloved, in this matter of knowing God? Some of my listeners this moment are very well educated in religious terms. You can talk about God. You can even argue about him successfully. But my dear friend, you'll never know him until you get acquainted with the Lord Jesus Christ, God's only Son. No man, said he, cometh to the Father but by me. Do you know him? Oh, I trust that you do. How do you get acquainted with Jesus? You let him into your life. He says, Behold, I stand at the door. That's the door of your life. We sometimes say the door of your heart. He says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and sup with him and he with me. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Talk to him. Open the door of your life to him. By faith, invite Jesus into your heart and life. This minute, if you've never done it before, invite him in. He promises to come into your life when you invite him, and you then become a child of God. You'll get to know the Father. You'll be able to say, Abba, Father, Papa, God. Why? Because the Bible says, God hath sent forth the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. The Spirit of belonging to God is real in your life when you trust and commit yourself to the Lord Jesus Christ. Do it today if you haven't. A dear believer friend, renew, if you will, today the thrill and the blessing of committing your life with all of its situations and all of the variations of, of, of circumstance that may be yours, commit it to the Savior. And know, then, all of the richness of those concepts that we read in the 103rd Psalm, where you as well can say, Bless the Lord, O my soul. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, by the way, he's the Lord, Jesus. That is to say, not only Savior, not only great teacher, not only two centuries or many centuries ahead of his time, not only the wonder worker, not only the miracle worker, he is the Lord from heaven. I sincerely doubt that there can be any continuing relationship between a human being and Jesus without this factor, which we call the Lordship of Christ, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth Jesus as Lord, says Paul in Romans 10, the first 
words out of Saul of Tarsus' mouth when he was met by the risen Jesus while Saul was traveling on the road to Damascus. He said, Who art thou, Lord? And his second question was, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? No longer now, the downtrodden and rejected Jesus, your Savior and mine, is the risen, ascended, glorified Lord of glory. He's the God and Father of our Lord, Jesus Christ. Have you made him your Lord, really? Is he Lord of your life? Have you acknowledged him as the one who owns you and who has the right to give the orders in your life? Oh, I pray that that may be so for every one of us. He's the Lord from heaven, the Lord Jesus. Own him as such and love and serve him in that relationship today and every day. Dear Father, today may we truly bless the Lord with our worship and with our obedience. Through Jesus Christ, I pray, amen. Till I meet you once again by way of radio, walk with the King today and be a blessing.